Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. Today, I have with me a very special guest. I am very excited to introduce Jana Kretzmar. Jana is the founder of Earth Child Project. And Earth Child Project is a nonprofit, yes? Yeah. That is interested in supporting (laughs) and fostering bringing yoga to kids in school. Jana, tell us a little bit about how you are this morning, how you're feeling, um, and anything else you want to start off sharing. Well, hi, Michaela. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, So maybe first to share is I'm good, but it's this afternoon because I'm all the way over in Cape Town in South Africa. Um, It's a beautiful winter's day here. And yeah, it's great to be chatting to you and your listeners. So... You're in Cape Town. Love that. And I also love that it's winter, which it never ceases to amaze me how large the planet is and just the differences, like little on time zones. But anyway, before I before I digress too far. Um, so tell us a little bit about Earth Child Project. Cool. So Earth Child Project is a nonprofit organization. Uh, this is actually our 16th year, which feels crazy. That's uh, been going for so long. Crazy and amazing. Um, I'll, I'll share a bit about what we do right now, which is we are working mainly in primary schools in two under-resourced township communities in Cape Town. Um, and we work within the existing structure of school, but our, our vision is really to kind of plant seeds of transformation within those schools, bringing a different approach to education into the mainstream school environment. And so we have programs that focus on holistic and experiential education. But to share what I mean by that is we do life skills, but it all must be practical. So we do yoga, we do meditation, we do um, healthy living. We also have a large environmental education program where during class time, we teach kids about worm farming and how to grow their own food. And we take kids out of the township environments, um, out into the mountains, and we've got a hiking and outdoor education component. And then there's a very strong leadership training component to what we do as well, which I'll share more about later, kind of how that came to be. And we work with school teachers as well so sharing with the teachers what we do with the kids so a lot of kind of personal development we do yoga we do teacher training um teaching them ways to take what we do into their classroom as well take them hiking um uh, let me just think what else we've got like nine different programs but basically We work within the existing structure of schools, bringing a different approach of education into the schools, which really aims to help children reach their true potential. Because I guess our belief is that it takes more than just a focus on academics to become an all-round, happy, healthy, successful human being. So at the moment, we have a team of 15 full-time staff members 
we work in eight schools with four and a half thousand children on a weekly basis running these programs um, and just over a hundred teachers. So um, maybe that's a, a nutshell of what we do at the moment. So that's amazing. Four and a half thousand students and a hundred teachers what a reach like that that's really beautiful that your your team can do that um i also really appreciate that it's kind of like a holistic approach that y'all are going for the connection to nature the connection mm -hmm. to the life skills the connection to the self-care mm -hmm. i really love that um and i can only imagine how impactful that is to teach children who are sponges and just take mm. it all exactly so well, i mean you you, you've got like the, the word that you said there about connection is really a big part of what our our deeper intention is because um i guess we sorry i'm just gonna put my phone on silence i don't know if you were hearing those beeps um yeah connection is really what it's at the, the core of what we are aiming to do because we really want to get to the root causes of many of the challenges that we see facing i mean i think it's around the world right that's why i love the name earth child because i think that this is applicable to children around the world but we believe that a lot of what's at the root causes of the challenges we see is that we've lost the connection to self we've lost connection to other and we've lost connection to earth and it's only because of that loss of connection that we are able to act in a way that is harmful and destructive and to ourselves other humans and the environment and all the other creatures that inhabit the world so because our belief is that if we if you deeply reconnect if one deeply reconnects with self other and earth then they would naturally follow a deep respect and love for self other and earth and therefore our actions would then be different to what we see a lot of in the world today so that connection is is really at the heart of what we do that's really special um at my vinyasa practice something that our ceo michelle young says a lot is the misunderstanding of separation is typically the cause of most dis-ease with the hyphen um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that misunderstanding for ourselves when we forget that we're not the same as each other and the earth and mm -hmm. everything. So can you tell me a little bit about the age range of kids that y'all work with? Sure. Um, in South Africa, I mean, I think the schooling systems might be slightly different so we have a grade r here that's the year before grade one so children are typically about six years old in grade r and then we most of the children we work with are in primary school so that goes from six until grade seven which is about 12 or 13 years old um but about eight years ago some of our high school graduates who'd been part of the primary school program came back to us. Um, I mean, I'll never forget the, the seed that planted our high school program was there was a group of about eight high school youth 
who came to us and they had a written plan. They were like, we want to run a holiday program. You must 100 children. Every day is going to start with yoga and then we're going to do gardening and there must be healthy food and it must run on time. And we were just blown away by them. And they were telling us like, we started a hiking club at our high school and we saw that the other grade 12s were stressed. So we started a meditation club and we were just like, what better way to expand? I mean, these are teenagers, right? Like, so teenagers choosing to do this during their school holiday. And we were blown away and very inspired. And so that really led to a new program beginning eight years ago, called, which we've called the Alumni Leadership Training Program. And it's for our, this kind of like select group of potential leaders who really embrace what we do. Um, and we give them very practical leadership training skills and teach them how to teach yoga. And because like they'll come and run our holiday program. So you'll have a 15 year old teaching the 10 year old yoga or gardening or whatever it may be. Um, and, and then that evolved into a, a gap year internship program. I don't know if gap year is a term that you, so like when they finish grade 12, um, they do a two year internship with us. Um, and then there is the option to become a junior staff member, so a full-time employee. So when you say the age range, it's it's basically from six years old, and then there's like in, indefinite, I guess. But obviously, it's like a funnel, you know. So there's like thousands of kids in the younger group, and then there's thirty high school leaders. We currently have three interns, and we've got four full-time staff members now who are grad who started. Like when I first started back in 2007, I used to run the, the hiking club and the garden club and they kids that were in my first garden club who are now part of our team. So we, we joke a little bit that there's some of us who are like the, the grandmothers of the, the project now. That's really special. Um, the fact that they felt so called by what they'd learned to create that themselves. And want to teach that that's very special and what's really inspired i mean there's so many layers to what has really inspired us about this but i mean so much of the impact i think of the work that we do is the relationship and connection between our facilitators and the children and the kind of role model that they can be to the children. And so, I mean, what better role model than someone who grew up in that community, speaks the language, understands the challenges that they go through and has been so impacted that what they want to do with their lives is to pass it on to, an, to the next generation of children. And so, yeah, I think that that kind of positive role model potential with this current structure is, is really impactful and very inspiring. I think that that is so, so unique. And I feel like it makes, it just makes sense that that's the natural progression of how things are going to go because you foster these <laughs> such beautiful little souls as they start yeah. to grow. And that is so neat. Okay. I feel like I have a lot of other questions now, but I'll <laughs> rein it back for just a second. Um, why did you decide to start Earth Child? Um... Well, I guess my own personal journey was that after high school, I started studying business 
and after a year realized I, I didn't want to be unhappy and I changed to social anthropology and anth yeah so social anthropology and psychology and I, I felt like that really gave a lens to understanding ways of approaching root causes of challenges that we see in the world and really inspired me to want to kind of I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted to kind of make a difference in some way and so I worked for a year after my studies and then traveled to South America um, which I, I mean I feel like in that year I learned more as well um, it's such an incredible way to learn to kind of go out into the world and I ended up living and working on an eco-village in Brazil, which, which was a very um, influential time because I think I'd always been told I was really naive about my visions for how the world could be and how we could be living differently. And, but here in this eco-village, it was the first time experiencing a group of humans living very consciously and with a lot of intention to tread gently on the earth, to communicate, in a particular way and to live very harmoniously and consciously with self other and earth and so it kind of was like oh wow there's a different way of being that's possible and while I was there I read um, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahamsa Yogananda and I mean it's so funny I, I've gone back and I see it's it's literally just one or two paragraphs in that book where he describes a school that he started in India, where in addition to academic subjects, children would have lessons outside under the tree and they would learn yoga and meditation. And I, I'd always loved working with children. And I was just like, this, is, this sounds incredible. This is what school should be like. And this is what I want to do. Because also in my own journey, when I was about 18 was the first time that I went to a yoga class and absolutely loved it. And um, especially by the time I was about 25, I'd then done, been introduced to a different type of yoga through the Art of Living Foundation, which included a lot of meditation and breath work, as well as doing um, seva, selfless service. It was a very holistic approach to yoga, which sometimes I know in the West, it's kind of, it can be more asana focused. And I just remember often thinking, why didn't they teach us this at school? It's such a practical tool for life and like learning a new language. It's easier to learn when you're a kid, right? So wouldn't it be easier to learn these tools and really, so, so I just remember feeling that it would have been really beneficial to me to have learned these skills when I was young. And then that kind of, that, chapter that page and autobiography of a yogi and also I guess being very passionate about sustainability and feeling that children if children could fall in love with the earth then they'd be inspired to protect it so I guess all these things kind of came together um, and I ended up booking my ticket a month earlier to come back home because I was just like okay I know what I want to do I want to I want to find a way to bring this, bring these different elements of education into mainstream schools. And then I think the, 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 the influence of the social anthropology was like, you can't just come and impose something on the community. Um, so I 
I worked part-time and spent a year volunteering at a school. And I would kind of teach yoga classes and I set up a vegetable garden with the kids. But through that year, I got a lot of feedback from the children, from the teachers, from the parents, from the, um, and added health and wellness because it felt like that was a really important component as well. And realized through that year that, I mean, teachers, I'm sure that this is also common in many places around the world, but in South Africa, the public school system, the teachers are very um, overworked. They've got 40, 50 children in their class. And because I was volunteering there for that whole year, I saw other NGOs coming in, running workshops, um, and then they'd leave. And they'd expect the teachers to carry on and because I was there for that whole year I just saw that the teachers didn't have the capacity to do that and so just through observing this through that year I really saw that like if we really wanted to make an impact it needed to be long term and we needed to run these programs and so that's what led to the idea to put a, a full-time earth child facilitator in a school and they would be responsible for running these programs. And, and then it was literally like, had that idea. And then a month later, my friend had told someone else and um, who worked for a local organic children's clothing company, they wanted to sponsor the first facilitator. A week later, I met this incredible woman, Nokopiwa Jada, who's still on our team. She was working in Kailicha, the biggest township, uh, living and working and volunteering the biggest township in Cape Town um, and she was like yes I love the idea she was already kind of a yoga facilitator and we found a school and it was in a month the project had started and within five months we had two other schools two other facilitators two other donors so it really felt like um, once that like spark of the idea had come that there was a huge amount of kind of flow and support that just was like a happening um that's what it often felt like it felt like it happened um yeah it was a bit of a long a long answer of the journey but so that that was all 15 and a half years ago um I think that was very beautifully succinct for 15 years of, of history <laughs> so um I love that you feel like it just happened because wow you went in a month, you were there, it was implemented and it was happening. Mm. Yeah, it really amazing. was. And, and I can, um, that thing of it being a happening, feeling like a happening was really, the, this thing of the, the side of yoga that is about seva and service. I feel like it's, it's so often not included, but it's very powerful part of what it is to kind of practice yoga and maybe it's, it's yeah it's quite hard to articulate but I think even though it was so long ago I remember this feeling so clearly which was like because myself and Knox and the the people who were there in the beginning there was there was such a kind of pure intention um, of really wanting to be of service that it just felt like 
the universe just conspired to help it to come into being. And there were there was such kind of flow and synchronicity and ease. And it 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 never felt like work. I mean, we didn't have a weekend for two years, we just, but it never felt like work. It didn't feel like um it, it was an incredible experience of I think how when we do something that feels like our passion and purpose with an intention to make a positive difference in the world in some way that that it can yeah I can feel like pretty magical things start to happen absolutely absolutely I feel like Seva is very important and you're right it's not it's especially here in America where it's a very individualistic society that idea of being of service to others can be overlooked or purposely overlooked Mm. um so I think that that's beautiful and of course the universe held space for y'all to naturally flourish because you were doing your purpose just like you said after 15 years of of operation Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, about where, where things are going for Earth Child? Hmm. Well, it's been a very interesting and challenging two years. Um, I mean, for everybody in the world, but I think being a nonprofit and working in already very challenging communities this last chapter since 2020 has been has come with many challenges but it also came with some very interesting silver linings for us as a nonprofit because doing things like yoga meditation organic gardening holistic health in schools and then especially in in under-resourced communities especially back 15 years ago all of these things were very new um that was i mean a key focus of sorry i didn't mention this before of like our facilitator facilitators are all from the local communities because what we bring in is very new it's very important that it was kind of introduced and facilitated and that our team are, are from the communities that we work in but still, what we were bringing was was new, and then and and quite fringe, and definitely over the years, I mean, fringe alternative over the years, many people have questioned us of like these are children who many only get the one meal a day that they get at school. They don't have school shoes. They um, by twelve years old, they still don't know how to read and write properly. Like there's a really really serious challenges that these communities face so we have been asked why why are you taking things like yoga and meditation and gardening and to when aren't there other things that are more important and so an interesting thing that happened in 2020 was that suddenly everybody's doing yoga (laughs) and meditation and there's a huge focus on tools to help manage stress and mental health and the importance of boosting our immune system and how to be healthy and how to be more resilient and grow your own food the power of spending time outside in nature and connecting with nature so basically everything that 
has been part of what we do for 15 years that has been quite alternative suddenly went quite mainstream, especially in South Africa. I mean, I don't know, I, I think this happened around the world as well, but like just to speak for the South African context, there were, for example, many of the school teachers that we work with, we'd always wanted to offer them weekly yoga lessons for their own stress management. We'd never been able to get their commitment. From 2020, we started a weekly teacher's yoga class. They, they come during the school holidays now because they don't want to miss their weekly class. You know, like, and, and even though schools have opened up and South Africa now, we don't have to wear masks. It's back to like the new normal, but those things have continued. The weekly yogas continued. The hiking club for the teachers has continued. So I guess um, in some ways, the last two or three years has come with a lot of the children, parents, and teachers that we work with um, really seeing the value and importance of the skills and the knowledge that we are bringing. Um, we were, I mean, for example, when the schools reopened in June 2020, we were the only um, NGO allowed back into the schools because the the principals phoned our team and they were like, we need you. The teachers need you. The children need you. Come back. Like, we'll, we'll speak to the Department of Education because we need you back. And I think it really showed us the, um, that that was wonderful to just see how they realized and deeply valued our team and what we were doing. And then I guess around the world as well, that there are a lot of people who have found the things that we are doing personally very beneficial, especially over the last two years. Um, and so, and, and what's wonderful is that now we have 15 years experience in how to teach school children yoga and how to, and, and in these communities and in the languages that we work in and like, so we kind of ready. <laughs> we, um, and so I think that's, that's one side of where Earth Child Project is at now. And I, what's difficult though, is that what has come with that is many, many, many people asking us to work in their community or their school or their city or their country. And, and I think it's very tempting to want to grow and grow and grow and just kind of expand our reach and positively impact more children. But where we at now is actually having to hold back because I think also we really, so I, I mean, being the director, a lot of what I do is kind of um, the behind the scenes stuff. So things like fundraising, financial management, um, ways of measuring our impact, um, systems and policies. And like, we, re we really need to have very robust um, systems and structures in place before we are able to expand our reach. So that's where we're at right now. We'd love to expand our reach because we really more than ever believe in what we do, but um, we also kind of consolidating and make sure that we're strong so that we can do it in a sustainable way. I bet it's extremely tempting, especially because what a powerful, not that you need the validation because the validation is that you feel good about living your life's purpose, but what a beautiful way to feel like what you're doing is the right thing when you're wanted, being wanted and pulled and asked to be in all of these places because your presence <laughs> is so impactful. I think that 
I think that's gorgeous. And also I'm going to ask if um, you've got something that we can link in if for like donations or whatever for our audience, if they want to donate, <laughs> um, because I think this is a beautiful, like, I'm just thinking about myself and how I would be now as an adult, if I had been taught these tools of self-regulation. Mm. Mm. Well, that, I mean, like, that's exactly the inspiration for it's like teaching kids the things we wish we'd learned. And, you know, I mean, just to share, I guess, because obviously there's the, the yoga focus is when we started this, we, we believed it would have an impact. And then over the years, we've received so much feedback from the children, the teachers, the parents and also found ways of improving how we get impact, how we measure our impact. But I guess it's to say like never in a million years could I have imagined the way in which yoga and meditation would influence the children that we work with. Um, partially because they, they are, their day-to-day -day reality and the challenges that they face are very different to, I guess, what I experienced growing up. And um, I mean, I think that all children can benefit from these tools, but it's been really moving to, so, so a lot of the children, we started getting more and more feedback that of their own accord and initiative, they started practicing every single day. And when we asked why, it was like, we feel good when we do this. So, I mean, we found kids sitting together doing pranayama at break time because it makes them feel good. Or we've heard children say that like, if their parents are fighting at home, that they'll go and find a place and do some breathing or meditation, or that they'll do visualizations and affirmations before exams. But then it's also evolved to things like one of our high school alumni years ago um, shared that, she said like, I, asked her, I was asking her what she did on the weekend and she said she played with her little sister who was many, many years younger. And I asked her, like, how, how come? She said, well, I don't really have a lot of friends my age because most of the girls in my year at school, and she was 14, had either dropped out because they'd fallen pregnant or they'd gotten involved in the gangs or they were drinking and taking drugs. And she said, yoga has taught me to love and respect my body and so I've been making different choices and like it was such a profound thing to hear because that's an example I guess of not in a million years did I think at when Earth Child started that for young people learning and integrating yoga a yoga practice into their lives from a young age would end up having those kind of that kind of influence on their lives um yeah it's um the the the, the stories and stories and stories that we've received over the years are really um are really incredible i think it's a huge testament to the work because we know like and and anatomically speaking physiologically speaking that at that point their brains are not necessarily equipped to be making decisions based on consequences and so mm -hmm. how beautiful for mm -hmm. that that student particularly to have the the awareness 
first of all, yeah. Yeah. within all of the contacts to make that choice. Mm. Mm. And that's, I think, a really, I mean, it shows just how, how powerful these tools are. It makes me think also a lot of the teachers um, started coming to our extramural yoga classes saying like, we want to see what you're doing because all the kids in our class who come to your extramural, they're different, you know, like they're taking on more leadership roles. And again, so there's an interesting thing when it comes to leadership, because it's like there's, there's something that comes when young people um, are equipped with a very practical way to connect with themselves and become more self-aware that then what kind of naturally seems to grow from that is a, a strong sense of self, which when you live in a community where you have a lot of pressure to be getting involved in a lot of to make to be making a lot of bad life decisions like being rooted in themselves um has really kind of resulted in very different life choices that yeah like just yeah i mean it's interesting because you wouldn't necessarily think like oh kids yoga in schools would be creating leaders but completely that's what we've seen these incredible young leaders who and the kind of leaders that we need in the world you know like leaders who are passionate about the environment and really want the best for people and are very kind of conscious and aware <laughs> um yeah who truly lead with compassion and with mm -hmm. the understanding that we are all connected and and like integrity and like i think that that's um so much of i guess the knowledge that comes with yoga and this different way of being is also just kind of getting back to really basic human values and integrity and honesty and um yeah absolutely one of the first things we do in our trainings um our teacher trainings is just an evaluation of essential values because i we feel like that's that's something that's not even fostered mm -hmm. like what do yeah. you what do you care about what do you believe in what mm -hmm. lights a fire in you mm -hmm. so i think that that's gorgeous um we have a few more minutes left with each other yeah. it's been such an honor to speak with you is there anything else you would like to share before we part ways today um i think well like i like i shared we We'd really love to, in the coming years, find ways to share what we do with more children. And so it's just wonderful to also kind of connect with yogis and like-minded people around the world. Um, it's been an incredible blessing over all the years of Earth Child Project to have been connected with and received so much support from our local but also just like you see how the world is such a small place um and so interconnected and it's been incredible to get support from the international yoga community and so yeah i guess it's just if for people to follow us online instagram facebook check out our website and share what we do with them um, with people who you think might be interested or would want to support and it would be really really i mean it's tricky because i know right now in the world that 
everywhere has their challenges and that there's so many organizations and causes in need. I really understand that. But that being said, we would, um, if there, it would be amazing if you could share um, links to our various pages and platforms. We'd be very grateful for support, even if that support just means kind of following what we do and sharing it with people who you think would be inspired or moved. Absolutely. And for the listeners, please don't worry, we will be linking all of the social medias as well as their website in the description. So if you're watching this on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, it'll be listed there for you to just click and follow so you can learn more. Um, thank you again, Jana, for being here. It's been such an honor and privilege to share this time and space with you. Um, I appreciate it so much. And I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. And hopefully thank we connect you. again soon. Thank you, you too. Thank you so much for of course for having me on the podcast. Of course, it's been it's been Such so fun. Gratitude. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Connect. Yes. Okay. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. <laughs>